Super Scoreboard. Women in Football Podcast. Inspiring the next generation of girls in the game. Welcome to Super Scoreboard's Women in Football Podcast with me, Joe Hendry. And me, Callum Bell, and we're in different parts of the country for the first time, Joe. We've been split up. <laughs> I know, we have been ripped apart and we're joined this week by Celtic captain Kelly Clark. Kelly, welcome. Thank you. Good to be on in these circumstances, testing the water here. I know, it's so bizarre, isn't it? Like Callum said, like Callum, you're over at Radio Clyde in the studio. Yeah, I'm st- I'm, I'm the one controlling all this, so I'm, I'm just worried that I screw it up. <laughs> Fingers crossed I don't. <laughs> And I am in my spare room, surrounded by laundry. And <laughs> Kelly, I take it you're at home as well, then? Yeah, I'm at home, so I'm working from home just now as well. So, got a makeshift IKEA office on the go, um, and similar laundry to my left and dishes to my right. <laughs> so I take it works just keeping you busy as well just now. Then, as you know, you said earlier you're on your lunch break just now. So I take it you're still working every day. Yeah, so I work for Deloitte as an auditor. <laughs> So, yeah, pretty much similar situation to you, working from home, keeping busy, and recently obviously had to adapt to remote working. So it's gone pretty smoothly so far, probably similar we've taken to using Zoom, which I think has been wonderful for both um, work life and family, social life. A bit different, but going well so far. Just only thing that kind of actually does suffer is the football training. I know that's the thing, but it's amazing how everyone's adapted. You'd say like using things like the Zoom and all the conference calls and like from a social aspect, like everyone's social life is now revolving around like conference calls. It's so <laughs> weird, isn't it? I'm honestly, the weirdest thing. I'm so sick of Zoom quizzes. I, I don't ever want to see another <laughs> Zoom quiz in my life. I know, I, I feel like that's everyone's Friday night. My work have been really good to be fair, but we have done Zoom quizzes. The other one we've done for, I don't know that it would work in family environment, but with work colleagues, it's quite good. We've done guess who. So just get 10 questions, uh, things like first job and something you can't, a food you can't live without. And then obviously someone reads all the answers out and everybody else guesses who they are. So that was quite good as well. Oh, yeah, but yeah, Zoom, Zoom quizzes that take two hours have kind of lost my interest. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like that's the thing. You've obviously got your job as well as football. In some ways, I would imagine that having that job you know that you do full time must be a good way to sort of distract from the fact that you know everything that's going on just now and obviously missing your football too yeah I honestly I've, I, everybody asks you know how are you getting on and stuff but I honestly my life hasn't really changed just the lack of human interaction you know I still get up get ready I've actually started putting like jeans on in the morning because it didn't feel human so I get up shower put jeans on working into half five and then pretty much every day we've got a session to do and it's been sent to us by Celtic so finish work on to make it go out and do whatever it is or if it's a, a session to be done in the house then do it in the house and then have dinner so I don't think my life changed that much just that I'm obviously not training with the girls and training and I'm not working in the office, I'm working at home, but my routine is still pretty much pretty much the same, just that I maybe have a bit more a bit more me time. When I'm in the office and coming home and straight to training, I'm obviously never really in the house. So things like dinners are maybe pre made meals heated up in the microwave, whereas now I can do a session straight after work. I finish at half five, I'm already home. I put on training kit, I don't need to travel to training. I do the session and I get in and it's maybe the back of seven. It's a really important thing that you just touched on as well, is like seeing all the or taking all the positives out of this situation, like, you know, having that wee bit of extra sort of time to yourself and 
that you might not ordinarily have rather than, you know, being distracted by the negatives. So I think that that's really, really important too. What sort of sessions are Celtic sending? So are you still, you know, mixing up between fitness, like your cardio and your weight sessions? Are you still pretty much doing as, as you would have normally, obviously on your own? Yeah, pretty much is the same. So we'll get in sessions, we get hit sessions, metafit sessions, just anything really to, to keep us ticking over. I know I don't really see the league throwing us back in on a Monday, same we're playing on a Sunday, so hopefully we will get some time to do a bit of a pre season, but obviously we ourselves ticking over. The the hardest thing is it's really difficult to replicate a football match without a football type thing. You know, football fitness is probably the best way of getting it. It's just by playing football I think that is quite difficult and also as a footballer you miss kicking a ball about and you miss doing that sort of football fitness going on a run or just doing some sprints it's it's what needs to be done right now but there's a reason that my sport is football and not running so you do still really miss kicking a ball and being with the team and stuff like that but it needs must and it's, it's not as though any of us want to be in a situation but we'll, we'll get through it Yeah I was going to actually ask you that because when was the last time you, you kicked a football because you're doing all this training and, and of course you need to and it's a great way to keep you all in shape and in case the season does come back at any point when was the last time you actually kicked a ball? Um, I couldn't tell you the date but I think it was this well to be fair I've kicked a ball recently because I went to Tesco and bought a football so I <laughs> kicked a ball about <laughs> um, I absolutely shook at the price of £12 for a size 4 terrible football but I'm over it <laughs> um, but with the team uh, we trained this Saturday before lockdown started I think it was so Friday night or Friday afternoon I think it was announced that all the games were stopped Saturday morning we had training so we met up basically to have a meeting about what we were going to do and then because we were all already there we just had a kick about and went up the road and that was that wow. we've, had, we've had Zoom calls with the team and stuff like that so we have done, we've done the standard quizzes we've done Zoom workouts with everyone so it's, we've not, not seen each other but in terms of kicking a ball all together that's it feels like a long time ago now. And are you managing to keep that sort of team spirit together? Is there anybody sort of key characters in the team that, you know, kind of does try and pull everyone in for the quizzes and, you know, tries to keep all the girls' spirits up? Uh, yeah, I think it's just quite hard because you're used to seeing everyone so often. You know, you're used to, you basically live in each other's back pockets, you see each other four training sessions a week and on a Sunday, so you, you know, it's it's hard going to the virtual from from real life. But I think, you know, some of the older players are really good and on these Zoom calls, getting everybody involved because we've got quite a, a young squad now. So I think just the older players are kind of helping get, keep the younger players involved. And there's, there's obviously the standard WhatsApp group chats as well. So there's a couple of them, one that's got coaches in it and the more important one that doesn't have coaches in it where we can have a bit of a chat. And I think we're trying to arrange a sort of a, a Zoom call where it's just the players and not the coaches just to sort of keep up the friendships more than togetherness as a team with the coaching staff which is also obviously really important but I think you know your football teammates are your best pals you know you're going from like I said going from seeing them all the time to seeing them not at all so I do think that it's important to spend time with them without the coaches where maybe some of the ones that are a bit quiet in front of the coaches can, can act normal <laughs> Yeah it's so important like you touched on it a wee bit earlier and Callum and I were talking about it before as well you know like the current situation with the game and how you see it going forward like in terms of returning to action what you know what are you thinking what would you like to see you know how would you like to see it handled in terms of returning to the season honestly you know there's there's, there's different options you hear rumours all the time you know will the season just get cancelled will it go ahead with cut games I think 
it's hard. I just think that you know we we obviously there's not as many teams in our league as and we're not as far through it as the guy. So there's also talk of it potentially going back to a winter league. I I just think it's really difficult. As long as once everything's back safe, I would just really like to see the league continue. I don't I don't want to score a last minute goal against Glasgow City and then it counts for nothing. No <laughs> lie. <laughs> but no, like people's safety is, is the most important thing. I just I just kind of hope that you no know, if if there's a way to to get it back before the end of the year then maybe sort of after summer hopefully things settle down a bit and we can get back in with our teams taking all precautions necessary then you know maybe towards the end of summer slash when the guys do start back later in the year we could get the season back on the go and if it means cutting cups then I think talking as a player and I think most players would agree with me we all just went back on the pitch whatever the SFA do or the SWF do is, is what we're going to have to accept anyway but I just think that it's it feels like forever and not knowing the end date is kind of the hardest part so hopefully they can start making decisions soon hopefully the UK kind of starts to get through the, the peak and we can we can plan um, but I just went back on the pitch you know that that feeling of walking out or warming up uh, the huddle as I said to play the huddle it's it's just so missed now and you touched on something there that, that, that very I kind of want to talk about this that 2-1 last minute when the timing of this lockdown must be really hard for you guys to stomach because you've just turned pro you beat the reigning champions and you score the last minute goal <laughs> does that make this even tougher to, to bear because of how successful that first couple of weeks were to begin with yes you know especially because you're kind of looking at it going is this just going to be you know they're just going to avoid this well that game mean nothing I mean to me it'll never mean nothing you know as a as a player who's played against Glasgow City and the top side that they are for so long, yeah, you know, I've got that memory, um, and I don't want it to mean nothing. But I go back to it that if, if for people's safety and for the right thing to do for the league, if it does mean that it's void, then I accept it, and I just have that memory. I just think that it's a bit gutting, not just for us, for Rangers and for everyone as well. You know, the season had just started after the winter break and everyone's getting back into Glasgow City and Hibs hadn't even played any games really had they because they didn't play the League Cup. Um, so they were just two games in and it's been cancelled. So I'm pretty sure everyone is finding it tough that it's been taken away from us. But yeah, I, I, I probably would be gutted, but I think I've kind of accepted that if, it, if the start of the season does get null and void because we may as well just start the new season we were so early in, then I would have to accept it. But the memory, that, that feeling will never will never leave me. And at that time, you know, before all this happened, and obviously that moment where you scored that goal and secured that win, that must have done so much as well for your belief in, in the whole team's belief in this season and, you know, the, the possibilities of um, challenging Glasgow City. Uh, for the title, and you know, I take it that that that, that moment was there for you. Yeah, I uh, I think going into the game, we we had a frustrating result against Glasgow Women a few weeks prior, and you're kind of saying to yourself, "Well, I thought we were ready to challenge, but that result was a bit of a knockback." And do we really have it in us? And it's it's really hard to see how good the team is until you play against Glasgow City. You know, they're the biggest test. They're the, they're the best team in the country, and they have been for years. You know, so every year there's there's changes in the squad, and you you play against teams, and you play well, you don't play well. But the biggest test, the biggest marker is Glasgow City. You know, so I think going into the game, none of us really knew what to expect. We obviously believe there's no point in going into a game if you don't think you're going to win it or you don't think you've got a chance of doing something. So I don't think any of us went into it thinking, oh, we're going to get beat, but I think just you know the 
the fact that we did get a win, we did play quite well. You know, we hit the post, we hit the bar in the first half. We created chances in the first half, and at half time, we kind of all said to each other, "By the way, we can do this." And then obviously the weather made it really hard. The second half felt like it went absolutely rapid. I remember asking the referee how long was left, and she said twelve minutes. And me and Chloe Craig, our centre back, kind of looked at each other like twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it was a corner, and the ball was in the back of the net, and the, the final whistle blew, and it was just an unbelievable moment. So, I think you know, from us, the biggest disappointment is that we would have liked to totally kick on from that. Um, and obviously, we've been halted by this break, but it is what it is. And hopefully, when we we do eventually get back, we will maybe arrange a night to rewatch that game and try and give us the same feeling that we felt back then to to go and kick on again. And I think there was such a sense at the start of this season, you know, that with Celtic and Rangers going full time, and there was so much positivity around the game in Scotland. And I, I remember watching that on the television and just seeing the pure joy on all of your faces, like in that moment. And, and there was just a really special feeling about this season. I don't like I mean, that's the way it felt to watch anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, after the, the World Cup last year and ourselves and Rangers both going professionally, just kind of get the feeling that everything's moving up and, and everything's quite positive. You know, it's great that we've gone professional, that Rangers have gone professional. It's it's great how well the national team are doing and you know, there's so much more publicity and stuff and there's, there's more of an interest. There's more girls getting involved and it's, it's just a real shame. I just hope that it doesn't stop. You know, I, I hope that we go back and it's at the same place. And in terms of that moment, um, when you scored that goal, how how highly does that rank for you in the list of kind of incredible moments throughout your career? Is, is that right up there? Do you think? Yeah, I, I honestly I think it's the top to be honest. Just because you know, and I think that's it's just a total show respect to Glasgow City. It's it's hard playing in the league where they've won it for so long, and it's frustrating. And you think you're getting closer, and then they take two further steps. You know, so I I just think that what that moment meant and how long I'd waited for is definitely up there. You know. I, I do think it's the top I can't, I can't lie it's the top just this, the, scoring a last minute goal to win a game no matter who you're playing against you know that could be against no offence to anyone but a pub team or it could be two pub teams playing and the celebration would be the same because it's it's a last minute goal and it's that feeling I think the fact that it was against Glasgow City just takes it even further in terms of your own career, obviously you've just told us there how much of a highlight you know that that might even be the absolute best feeling that you've had so far. But you you can't be far off two hundred appearances for Celtic now. Is that about right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I made one hundred fifty last year, so one hundred fiftieth appearance was last year. I think come up one hundred seventy mark maybe. It's just mm-hmm. amazing as well. Like how much you were saying there, like missing the magic of the huddle and you know all those things that you know will have become synonymous with you in terms of football. How much does it mean to you? Like, because I guess as well, players like Scott Brown and James Forrest, I think they're the only two other players that have been at the club longer than you. A while ago, I, I did a bit of a digging, so I'm just kind of I feel like I've been here my whole life now. Um, <laughs> so I, I went back to see who was playing for the men when I first signed for the women, and who's still with the men. Um, and they are the only two players that were were there before me. So I I, I think you know just the the love that I think my loyalty, you know, it just explains the love that I have for the club. And again, you know, for a club that's been striving to take steps forwards to go and, well, you'll be obviously beat Glasgow City towards the end of last season, but the season was done. So, but I think to do it so early on in this season, that that's just, again, another reason that the moment was such a big moment in my career. You know, I've given, I've given so much to Celtic over the years and they've given so much back to me. And it was just a moment that it's it's a team game, but you know it's a moment that I feel like I gave to the club, but the the club gave to me. I think that probably did 
add to how special it was, you know, no matter who scored it, it was going to be an unbelievable moment. But so many people have said to me that moment was meant for you, you've waited for that moment for so long and, and I have, you know, and I've I've been loyal to Celtic and I've I've bided my time and, and things are going good. How tough has it been for you to sort of stay committed? Because like you said, you've got a job that must take up a lot of your time in terms of being an auditor. You know, it must be and for the, obviously the club recognise that commitment as well, you know, that, you know, you're club captain in, in terms of length of your service there too. Yeah, I think the club have been great with it all. You know, they've, they've been beside me during uni exams. They've been beside me during my, my professional exams, you know, to become a, a chartered accountant. And they've seen how hard I've found it, how hard I've worked. During all that time, I've worked just as hard for Celtic. You know, I often say that, although I probably shouldn't say it because of my work, I treat Celtic like another job. I don't give it any less importance just because it's not what's paying my bills. I, I just, you know, I, I give it the same level of commitment, the same level of effort as I would, as I do to, to my, my job as an auditor. And it, it's hard, but you know, Celtic don't force me to do it. I do it because I want to and... At times when I need them to be understanding because they know that I give what I can when I can. They are really understanding, so I really don't I don't have a bad word to say in, in terms of, you know, them putting me under any pressure to, to do things when I've got my job. And in reverse, my job, I've been absolutely excellent with giving me time when I need it for Celtic. So it's, it's just, I'm, I think I'm really fortunate to be in a position where I can do both and it works and they're both understanding. And on that note, I think that is a good time for this. Birds with Boz. Okay, Kelly, we have had Jane O'Toole on. She told us about her, and everybody knows about how she punched her dislocated knee back into place and finished the game, which just staggered everybody. Um, Joe Love spoke to us in the last pod about splitting her head open and playing on. What have you got for us this week, Kelly? Nothing in comparison to Jane, but I would be surprised if there's any similar story. And I don't even really have anything that comparative to Joe. The only thing that I could really think of was typically playing on AstroTurf. Every single year I go through a period where I get an AstroTurf burn on my knee or on the back of my leg. And every single week I open it up again, so I end up having to play with a big gauze plaster type thing over the top of it. And after every single game it gets stuck. And it needs to be pulled off. And then the next week it goes on and you do a slight tackle and it opens up and it gets stuck and it needs pulled off after the game. So that's a that's all that I could think of, which is probably quite disgusting compared to the other two, but <laughs> nowhere near the level of bravery. I mean <laughs> uh, I... and you just need to hope that there's a free week coming up that'll give it two weeks chance to heal rather than one week's chance. And I know that feeling that you get when you say to yourself, you're like, right, I won't slide in it this week. I'll make sure I don't. And you're about 30 seconds into a game and you forget it and suddenly you've taken it off again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. But yeah, that's about the only thing that I could think of. So not exactly the the level of commitment that punching a dislocated knee in (laughs) is. But yeah, it's it's probably the worst part about playing on AstroTurf that that constant AstroTurf burn. And it's like you bit the bit of skin on the knee where it's at. It's just so thin over the years that the minute you go down, you know it's off. And the knee's the worst thing because you're constantly moving it, constantly bending it. It's impossible for it to heal. Yeah, that's the thing. So you go to train, you, you do it on a Sunday, you go to training on Monday night, you're running about, you look down at your knee, you've not even done a side tackle and there's blood trickling <laughs> down your knee. So you don't even just open it on a Sunday when you do a side tackle, you keep it open during the week just by running, which gives it absolutely no chance to heal. And it's just a total losing battle until there is eventually an international break or something that gives you a week where you can air it 
and not open up on a Sunday. But yeah, that's about the worst. I have also had meetings on Mondays after doing it on a Sunday. So client meetings on Monday where wearing work trousers or, <laughs> or tights ends up stuck at in meetings and you just need to sit Aww. there and grin and bear it until the meeting is finished. Nothing worse when you've got to then pull it off and you pull yep. it off. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> like, I actually get like sweaty like sitting in the office trying to pull it off and I'm freaking out about doing it. <laughs> I tell you what, if this lockdown's been good for anything, it's healing your knee. That's the only oh, thing honestly, I can take from this. Blessing in disguise, the fact that I've actually got no ash or tough cuts anywhere. No ash or tough cuts and no bruises from blocking shots. I can't say my legs have ever looked this healthy. Super Scoreboard. Women in Football Podcast. Inspiring the next generation of girls in the game. Now, we've had some questions in for you this week, Kelly, with the hashtag Ask Kelly. I'll get straight into the first one. Um, the first one comes from Freya and she plays under 11s and she wants to know what it's like to be the Celtic captain. It's a massive honour, something I don't take take lightly. I'm very proud of the position. It's it's a great feeling leading the team out and on the pitch. It's it's I don't I don't really have words for it. It's just something that I can't really explain. I never used to think it was that big a thing, but in recent years, people that don't know me that are in women's or that I don't know that are in women's football have said. Oh, well, they know you. And it just kind of hit home that, like, actually, this is quite a big position. But it's just such an honour. It's great because it gives me the, the permission to moan at the girls when I feel necessary. And the best part of it is honestly being a, a role model and getting to do things with, with younger girls that maybe when, when I was that age, I didn't really have somebody that close to me. You know, I didn't have someone that I saw all the time. I used to look up to Julie Fleeting, but I only ever saw it at international games, you know, so it wasn't really someone that was visible to me, but social media and everything's got so much better and there's so more publicity. So it's a massive honour and definitely my favourite part is being a role model and basically being Bruni to, to these young girls. Nice. And that leads us on to the next question, which is from Kat. Um, it says, what's it like being part of such a huge club known worldwide and does that bring extra pressure towards playing and also, like you said earlier, being a role model? Again, it's amazing. It's, you know, I talk all the time about on the pitch stuff, but the off the pitch stuff is great. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but I've been doing Celtic TV recently and stuff, you know, and, and kit launches and, and mingling with, with the guys, with the men's team. And it's, it's just fantastic to feel like you're part of, of such a big club. In terms of pressure, I think it does, you know, when if a tweet goes out and it's not a great result and fans are like, why are we not the, the best team in the country type thing? So you do see it on social media, if you're on social media. I think that it's just an expectation that Celtic, in terms of men's football, are currently the, the best team in the country and, and the women's team should be too. So it's what we're striving to be and hopefully we'll get there one day. But it's, it's amazing to be part of such a big club with such good ambitions. Andrew Southwick got in touch with us on Twitter and he wants to know the best striker that you've faced in the league and who you think the best player is in the league just now. Oh, um, the best, I don't know if I can class as a striker, but the best attacker that I've played against in the league is Aaron Cuthbert. Denise O'Sullivan was extremely difficult to play against as well, but I think Aaron Cuthbert, towards the end of her time with Glasgow City, was just unmarkable. She's absolutely excellent. She's, you know, she's gone down to Chelsea and excelled and shown how good she is and was. You know, she's also developed since then, but she's, she's the same player, just faster and stronger you know she she's, she was so difficult to play against um, especially towards her, her final season at Glasgow City Does that um, mean you were happy to see the back of her when she went to Chelsea? You're oh like, yes. I've never been so happy I, I always go <laughs> <laughs> Nah I think Erin's amazing I think what she's done down at Chelsea is you know, she's, she's an inspiration she's still so young and 
you see our leadership on the pitch at the World Cup for, for such a young girl, I think it's fantastic. And, and credit to, you know, both Rangers and Glasgow City that gave her time up here. Current, I'm trying to think of, it's quite a hard one. There, there are so many people, you know, that are, that are hard to play against. Kirsty, how it was in fine form last year at Glasgow City. Claire Shine's a very hard player to play against. Um, Sam Kerr. You know, very hard player to play against in you know, all Glasgow City. You can go to go to Hibs, Sean McGregor, hard to play against. You know, there's, there are so many that you could that you could see. Um some of the girls that we've signed this year will will do really well in the league as well, I think. We'll see we'll see who plays well this year, but I think I've named the ones that you know I've maybe found particularly hard to play against last year. There's this one player I know about who scored a last minute winner against Glasgow City as well. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see how the rest of our season goes in. Um, this next one is from Lauren, who's ten years old. I think she plays with Dunfermline Leopards. She wants to know how do you mm-hmm. f- how do you feel when you're out playing and your team win? Can you describe that uh, feeling to Lauren? It's it's the best feeling. Um, it really sets me up. You know, if, if I don't get a great result on a Sunday, my my whole week is affected by it. You know, this mood's affected by it. I'm the type of person that. If the results not good at the weekend, then don't even tell me the good things. You know, I just don't want to hear it. You know, if it's not a good result, then I'm annoyed type thing. So, I think to win is just it's the best feeling, and you know, it's something that keeps you going. We've spoken about maybe work making things difficult. You know, on top of on top of football, but I go through. Say I have a hard week, and on a Sunday we win. It's just all forgotten. I just think it's the best feeling in the world, and. You know, on the part before the game, I always get nervous. No matter who I'm playing against, I always get nervous because I want to do well. I want to do my job for the team and I want the team to do well and I want to get three points. So I do always get nervous no matter who the game is against. But once I'm on the pitch and I've taken a few touches, it calms down. And I actually think I'm quite, I stay quite calm on the pitch. <laughs> I know my team probably won't laugh at that, but I do think over recent years I've, I've, I've started, you know, I used to be very... <sighs> Emotional and and loud and not always in the right way, but I think I've matured a bit and I try to be more of a, a calming influencer. Ken Maxwell on Twitter wants to know the impact that you think the situation just now might have on your career. Um, <laughs> I hope none. I don't think it should. I think I'm in control of the situation. I'm still quite young, you know, so I'm not too old. I'm not a bit upset that it could be, you know, making my or reducing the number of games I play before retirement. I've still got a few years in me anyway, so hopefully none. But <laughs> I suppose we'll see when we go back. It's just one of these ones where I think I'm I'm totally in control of it. So if I make sure I work hard enough just now and work hard enough when we get back, then we should be on the same level as I was when we stopped. Nice. This next one, I think it's the second last one, is from Wee Bella, an aspiring defender. She wants to know how it feels to have fans that look up to you. Ah. Like say, you know, that earlier on about being captain, I, I generally I, I find being a role model is definitely my favourite thing about being captain and we've also got a, a good youth academy at Celtic and I, I, I don't do it as often as I should, probably just because I am quite busy with my own training and with work and stuff, but when I go down to training sessions the the greet that I get from these young girls who, you know, to begin with are quite starstruck and shy around me and then they calm down when they realise I am just a normal person and just somebody that they look up to but I honestly I think that being a role model is easily my, my favourite part of everything I just I love you know being someone that people can look up to and I, my actions especially like I said in recent years where I think I've matured my actions are almost always a reflection of what I would want to look up to myself and this is the last one Kelly this is from Savannah and Savannah wants to know what your favourite boots are and what you like to eat 
what my favourite boots, football boots. Yeah. Oh, that's a hard one. I had a pair of white gold Adidas Adipures years and years ago that I've never got over. I, I hate throwing boots out. I genuinely wear boots until there's a hole in the front of them. My One of the old managers a few years back was actually in night shops sending me pictures of boots because he was sick of me turning up wearing these old, old scuffed boots that just looked untidy. But I hate, once I've got a pair of boots that are comfortable and I, I think I can play an alright pass and I hate changing them in case the new boots ruin my passing. But yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say my day added pairs were my fit, but I've kind of, I've gone to the boots with the socks on them now. And I don't know how I'd feel about going back to a boot without a sock on it. I have also gone back to black, so I've gone for the more classic look. So it's changed over the year, I think. Um, but I, I now like a boot with a sock and we'll see, we'll see what happens. I might treat myself to new boots before going back after all this break. What was the other part of food? My favourite yeah, what, what do you like to eat? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you something, during this lockdown, I've actually cooked a lot more for myself. My favourite food? Hmm. That's hard. How many Easter eggs did you eat? Like, be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually only eaten half of one so far. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> ma- mainly because the mini egg Easter, the uh, mini egg chocolate cakes are the best thing I've ever tried. Oh, so. my God. They're so, so good. They're no. so good. I know. It's just, they're so dangerous. But I've actually had to stop buying them. I'm glad that, like, Tesco sold out of them because I, I would spend a tenner on on five boxes of them and they'd be gone in five days. <laughs> kind of standard with food, just like chicken pasta type standard athlete food is kind of what I go down. Chicken and rice, chicken and pasta, that kind of thing. I don't really think I have an absolute favourite if you take chocolate every single Well, thank you for me, think... making Joe and I feel terrible there for saying all those healthy yeah. foods. That was great. I know. Exactly. And you've got the balance right, do you know what I mean, between the chicken and rice and pasta and the mini egg cakes, it's totally fine. <laughs> for every five mini egg cakes I'll have one bowl of chicken and rice type thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you so much to everyone who got in touch on Twitter and to the players at Dunfermline Girls as well for sending in their brilliant questions Kelly it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on the pod thanks for having me it's been a joy yeah thanks for taking the time really really appreciate it and stay safe and all that yes you too yeah we'll be back in a few weeks time like Callum says everyone stay home and stay safe